Welcome to Positivity Strategist, a podcast that injects a good deal of optimism and possibility into your life at home and at work. Conversations with thought leaders and everyday people shine the light on what works and amplifies those everyday micro moments of positivity, irrespective of what else is going on. You'll be energized by lots of practical tips, inspiring you to live a truly satisfying and meaningful life. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Positivity Strategist. I'm Robin stratton Burkessel, and today I'm speaking with Tom Myers. Tom, I have been so looking forward to having our call today, and thank you so much for accepting my invitation, and welcome to Positivity Strategist. Great. Thank you, Robin. It's nice to be here. So what's it like in Burlington, Vermont today, Tom? Oh, it's wonderful. It's always wonderful up here. A little bit rainy, but it, we're going to have some sun later in the afternoon, so um, we need the rain. It's been a dry a dry summer, so um, it's always welcome. Absolutely. Well, it's the same here too, yeah. Um, So, Tom, I just want to kind of say that I think Vermont seems to be a perfect environment for you based on some of your recreational pursuits. Yeah, I certainly like (laughs) to be be outside and uh, riding my motorcycle, which I did today in the rain, nonetheless, um, fly fishing and scuba diving. And uh, certainly scuba diving isn't always a lot of uh, fun in cold Lake Champlain, but that, um, that creates a welcome environment for when I go to the warmer, the warmer oceans in the Caribbean and, and, uh, the South Pacific. So, um, yeah, it's a great, wonderful environment and you do have to welcome the winter and something that we all, um, live with and enjoy. Yeah. So it's a, it's a great environment. Right. Do you ski? I do. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And I skied for many, many years. In fact, it was my full-time profession. Um, for many years as a ski racing coach and, um, yeah, for full time, I did that full time and that's actually what brought me to Vermont. Oh, I was so curious about that. That's a secret. Yeah. <laughs> and it's interesting. I love to, I do like to ski. I think it's just, um, my two boys skied a lot and snowboarded and it was interesting in that they were drawn more towards the, um, the gymnasium and they both were wrestlers. So I spent a lot of time not on the ski slopes, but in gymnasiums watching wrestling tournaments. But I do like to get out, certainly like to get out from time mm. to time and, and ski. Um, I think I'm now become more drawn to the warmer climate. So, um, but nonetheless, it's a, it's, a, it's a great, of course, the mm. perfect uh, mecca for skiing. Mm. So you say that skiing took you to Vermont. How long ago was that? 1988. Okay. Yeah, I came from, from Maine. After graduating from college upstate New York mm-hmm. at St. Lawrence University and um, went back to my home in Maine and, and worked there for a few years as a ski racing coach and then came to Vermont um, to work at uh, Green Mountain Valley School, which is a, a ski academy specifically designed for, um, you know, for, for students who want to pursue a skiing career, be it on the national level or, you know, a high level of, in the amateur side. Wow, that's fascinating. And so how did you end up becoming an associate professor at the Robert P. Stiller School of Business at Champlain well, College? Quickly, after my, I, I continued to ski and coach on weekends, um, but I gave up my full-time ski racing coaching career. And I started my own business and ran that for a couple of years. Um, and it was in the food distribution area. Mm-hmm. 
that became um, really interested in the area of business and agriculture and then went went to work for the state of Vermont in the Department of Agriculture. And that was primarily focused on promoting dairy products uh, from the state worldwide. Mm-hmm. From that, I moved into the uh, working for the Department of Economic Development under the Agency of Commerce mm-hmm. and was the trade director, international trade director for the state of Vermont for seven years. So that was both promoting Vermont products uh, worldwide and helping companies to export as well as um, working to recruit foreign direct investment into the state. Mm. So um, at that point, I was asked to teach as uh, an adjunct here at Champlain College. Mm -hmm. Champlain's very, um, it's a a wonderful educational environment and that we work very, very closely with the business community. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of real life projects and, and uh, internships with our students working in the um, in the outside you know business area. So I was invited in as a guest speaker, which we do oftentimes, and then um, got to know the folks here, and they wanted me to teach a class in uh, international marketing. Mm-hmm. Very interesting story. In the, my first uh, second week of teaching back in two thousand one, and as you can imagine, in September, what happened? Right. So yep. My second week of teaching, nine eleven occurred. So, so that's just, what, 15 years ago now, yes, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I am going into my 15th year here at Champlain. You know, it was, it was kind of a baptism by fire in, 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 with teaching and learned that, boy, my lesson plan that I had, had, had created for the semester is going to be a little altered now. And uh, no one knew what was happening. Oh, you know, because, no of, because of... Um, 9-11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How would we interact with the international community, obviously, you know, but how would things change in terms of how we marketed and, and uh, worked in the, um, you know, marketing products and services mm. um, in a, on a global level? So, so you were creating it as you were teaching it. You kind of had to. Mm. Yeah, it was really fascinating. So mm. from that point on, then I, I became full time in the worked as the uh, program director for the international business program here at Champlain. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so you're teaching entrepreneurship, international marketing, leadership, organization development. Um, and coming from such a rich background, so you really have the practical, you know, you're coming from a lived experience. That's great. That's really valuable. And I think that's, a, that's just not for myself, but I think that's a lot of our faculty, mm-hmm. especially in the business, um, the business school here, Very at Robert, good. you know, the Stiller School of Business is that we yeah. have a, a practical business experience and many of us still continue to work in the, in the business field. So I think students are enriched by that. Um, and, and, you know, not to denigrate my undergraduate, um, experience cause it was wonderful and, uh, but very academic. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the professors really couldn't oftentimes relate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was an economics major. So how do you relate with the business community? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was very theoretical and very academic. So I think Champlain prides itself in the business school on a real practical approach and students love to hear stories of what happens in you know in the business world what really happens out there and and I think we bring with us um, a huge network of connections that we can um, offer our students for again as I said earlier projects and internships and full-time positions yeah yeah that's a great benefit so thank you for drawing our attention to that I think that's really important and then you also have this connection with um, the Asian internships that you're 
you know, your co-director of, right? So, yeah, um, from a, a, a very generous uh, grant from the fam- the Freeman Family Foundation, mm-hmm. which really promotes um, a greater understanding with uh, throughout Asia um, and connection to the United States. So each summer we have upwards of 25, I think next year we'll have 30 students who, uh, business students who go to Shanghai, China and spend the entire summer working in internships, um, and, uh, fully, fully funded. That's such an opportunity. My goodness. Exactly. And highly, again, you can imagine, um, highly competitive. Yeah. But these students come back, um, as you can imagine, life you know, with, with, a, with a changed um, outlook and perspective of life. Yeah, yeah. we need more of that. You really that do. That is awesome, yeah. Well, thanks for all that background. Um, so interesting. And um, I have um, a much bigger picture of you now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, Tom, we could say that our relationship has developed through synchronicity. Absolutely. Absolutely. And... Um, it's fascinating because you're currently competing your doctoral research and PhD on this topic. Yes. Um, and the topic is, uh, as I understand, seeing the connections, the emergent synchronicity principle in appreciative inquiry. Exactly. So it's through appreciative inquiry that we have this connection and then all these other lovely things have been happening. So I just want to say to the listeners that, listeners, you are in for a treat because you're hearing it here. <laughs> Tom Myers. <First> yep. <laughs> first time Tom Myers will be sharing some of his research findings and insights I hope into this topic of seeing the connections and this emergent synchronicity principle of appreciative inquiry so Tom before we get into all this um, and I'm kind of busting with interest and curiosity I like to ask my guests about their initial experience with appreciative inquiry so did you discover AI or did AI discover you um, it was an interesting connection. I think my master's degree um, is in positive psychology. Uh-huh. Okay. So I was always naturally drawn to a way of creating a framework that brings out the best in people. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think I've kind of done that in my classes to date and just my outlook and I'm very just fascinated about the, 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 um, the interest of optimism and what that does for folks, both from a an emotional, social, and, and physical side. So we had kind of started to dip our toes in the water here at Champlain using a, 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 a book in our advising circles with our students um, called Appreciative Advising. Mm-hmm. And I'm uh, looking at the cover right now. Where is it? Is that Jennifer Bloom's work? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. So we kind of had a bit of a work as a, uh, this is kind of an entree into appreciative inquiry. How long ago was that? Um, 2000. I don't, don't have to worry. Okay. 2012. Yeah. yeah. Um, and lo and behold, we hired a new professor that next year, uh, by the name of Lindsay Godwin, mm-hmm. um, who came from Case, uh, Case Western Reserve University and had worked, um, and is concurrently working with David Cooper Ryder. Mm-hmm. So Lindsay became, um, our new management professor. Mm-hmm. And with her brought the whole um, world of appreciative inquiry to Champlain College. Yes, and we both love and admire her very much. Exactly. Wonderful, wonderful person. Mm. Um, And so the first year, um, 16 of us from the faculty and staff at Champlain College um, gained our appreciative inquiry certificate. 
in positive business and society change. Yes. And so we spent the year working on that and then went to case um, that August and officially were um, certified and with the intent that we continue to use appreciative inquiry both um, as, a, as a way to create new strategy for the school right. and um, incorporate that within our classes. And which has been, I think, very and you know, and ourselves maybe as emissaries, the sixteen to um, to kind of help educate the rest of the mm. the college community. Mm-hmm. And so, with your PhD now, did you did you start with the intention you wanted to do that with um, something around appreciative inquiry? Did that come out of that, or yeah? Or, so was, yeah, what was that relationship about? It was it was based in social constructionism. Uh huh. Um, and my my research. And as the practical approach and um, from from social construction, um, AI grew from uh, social construction. So that I really was drawn to using that as part of my research. The initial where I am today with my research versus where I started, um, it was probably a series of of synchronistic events that occurred to, to bring me to where I am now. So I'd love to hear the story. So I started, um, again, based in, in kind of a social constructionist framework of looking at. Maybe just um, for some of the listeners, would you mind just giving us a, a brief definition when you say social construction, what, what you're implying sure. there? Yeah, it's, it's um, again, how we communicate at looking at an event or a situation. And everyone can come to um, and create their own construction of what that event means or what that is. Good. Yeah. Um, I love the, the, um, analogy that Ken Gergen, who's really the, you know, the, the, the father of not father of search construction, but one who's really been re- has written a lot extensively on, um, in academic circles. Um, his analogy of using a, a water bottle, a plastic water bottle. Mm-hmm. Now, what does that mean to different folks? Well, right. To someone, it might be nourishment to use the water to drink. Another might, from an artistic standpoint, love the design of what that bottle represents. Mm -hmm. Uh, From an environmental standpoint, might look at that this might represent degradation to our environment. Um, So everyone has a different um, interpretation of a story or of an event. And it's taking that collectively and understanding what that means to each individual person. There is no right or wrong answer. Um, but to recognize how we interpret um, various things. Yeah, yeah, very nice. Um, in fact, um, I had the opportunity to have Ken as a guest on oh, my podcast. Oh, awesome. And just for the audience listening, that was episode um, 45. So it's positivitystrategist.com slash PS45. And so you can hear Ken talk about social construction and one of my, you know, simple ways of saying this, which we use in appreciative inquiry, is of course words create worlds. So it's through mm-hmm. our language and through our relationships that we co-construct stories and our world, right? Exactly, and that's I think that you hit it, Robin, is the co-construction yeah. of our worlds. That's that's it. Yeah, and so it's in this relational process, which you know. It's so relevant today. So thanks for just a little digression there. So you sure. are going to be doing your PhD around this. And then, so now you're telling me the story about how you've kind of it moved towards synchronicity. So keep exactly. going. Exactly, yeah. Um, I had looked at what is, um, with, from a social construction context, um, employee engagement. What, what 
creates high levels of um, meaning and interest in our respective jobs and, and work. So um, began looking at, from an historical standpoint, um, you know, what has driven employee engagement. Mm-hmm. And I began looking at uh, various organizations, and I didn't have to look very far. Um, and very interesting in that my ancestors um, founded what was, it's, was, no, was known as the Cheney Brothers Silk Mills oh. in, um, in Manchester, Connecticut. And this went out of business long before I was born in the, in the, in the mid fifties, but just a fascinating story of how they created, um, uh, you can say almost a work utopia, um, for their employees, upwards of 5,000 people at one point and, um, over 37 acres of just manufacturing floor space. So mm. it was the largest production in the Western hemisphere of silk. Wow. Um, and, and it was your family's business. Yes. Yep. Yep. The Cheney, Cheney family. Right. So you had entrepreneurship already in your genes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and a China so, connection, it would and, seem. And a China connection. Boy, <laughs> they read their, their stories of taking the train and the boat to, yeah. to China to source, um, you know, raw silk. So, um, I just, I, and I, I've written some articles about this and I can, I can post the connect the, um, the links to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I actually did, um, in, 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 on your, uh, information. Okay. But it was just fascinating to understand mm-hmm. that these, these folks, my ancestors, um, created a work environment on, unla- and mind you, this is <laughs> during the industrial revolution when, you know, focus on labor was really just a, as a means to an output mm-hmm. and didn't really worry so much oftentimes about, you know, the, the work environments. But they created a very, very positive work environment mm. and that provided full health care, full dental um, housing uh, opportunities for employees to buy their own homes through financing, retirement programs, um, recreational programs, um, the whole entertainment world um, around the Cheney Silk Mills of uh, entertainment for their employees. So generation after generation worked in these silk mills and, um, you know, for the most part, it was a very positive, very positive environment. And many of the buildings are there today. Now part of a historic district. Wow. Tom, all was all buildings. that, was all that documented? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And do you have fat, you know, family members that you can talk to about this? You know, well, I, is other stories passed down? Absolutely. Um, mm. there's a, a very, very, very rich history. Wow. And, um, I actually serve on the board of the, the Cheney family, um, Cemetery Association, which uh, continues to to make contributions to uh, charitable um, charitable charitable educational um, organizations. How do you spell Cheney? C H E N E Y. Okay, good. Thanks. And it's located. Um, you know, folks want to go visit. It's just a one. You know, the the, the libraries and all of the the mills are still there. Um, now converted into mm-hmm. office space or. Um, Mixed ho- mixed mm-hmm. uh, use housing, um, but it's in Manchester, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And um, excellent. Well, Manchester in England was known for making linen, right? That I, was linen, not silk. Yeah, I think I think so. Mm. Um, Sorry, that's just totally <laughs> and what's irrelevant. Interesting is that how that again here's the synchronicity, but the connections <laughs> of um, that, uh, as you can imagine, um, you know, the late '30s um, into the '40s. Trade started to to um, become difficult, if not possible. 
with mm. China and Japan. Of course, yeah. The looming war. Yeah. So DuPont and the U.S. Army came to the Chinese and said, would you be able to retool some of your spinning and your, your weaving to, um, for nylon hmm. and, and rayon? And so they ended up making many of the parachutes hmm. for the, the Second hmm. World War. And they spun off a company called, um, oh, I'm just basing the name right now, um, Anyway, but that, that parachute company was then mm -hmm. sold to an existing mm -hmm. company that's still in business today. Mm -hmm. This is fascinating. Pioneer Parachute. You got it. Okay. So, and then one more, before we move back to synchronicity, one more current day connection to the Cheenies is um, my cousin, part of the Cheenies, um, is a, a woman named Kate Chapel, And Kate and Tom Chapel started Toms of Maine, <laughs> which is wow. the... The deodorant, shampoo, all natural environments, since sold to another larger company just a couple of years ago. Wow, but, I use the products. Yes, so hmm. it was the Cheney Silk Mills was was um, where Kate grew up. Was a lot of the foundation for Tom's of Maine and hmm. how the company would treat its employees and treat hmm. the environment. So, whoa, I, modern day stuff that's happening now. So, it, I can it, begin to understand why you started focusing on. Synchronicities. It's all about this interdependence, right? Interconnection of all these things. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, I kept, you know, from a synchronistic, you know, synchronicity standpoint, so mm -hmm. why was it me who was, um, you know, in my ancestors, um, you know, why, why was it my ancestors who created this very positive um, company? Mm -hmm. um, so I think there was, as I'll talk a little bit about synchronicity, there was certainly meaning there. Mm. Um, and how I interpreted that meeting was very positive. Mm -hmm. And so, so you you started off um, looking at um, positive employee engagement, found it already existing in your own um, family, um, your ancestors, your predecessors, and then so keep going. So yeah, so I I looked at it and um, I think. I don't want to say research is ever complete, but there was so much work that was done. And I was really trying to find an area where AI um, and positive employee engagement really intersected. Right. But I, I began to be drawn by all these connections that kept happening, mm. all this stuff. And I, I really have been always fascinated by this concept of synchronicity. And I think much of my life, Synchronicity is around me all the time, and I think I've um, very, as being an intuitive person, have been able to identify it all the time, or not all the time, but certainly have a higher level of awareness about that. Could you so, pause for a moment and sure? If, how how do you describe synchronicity? What does it mean for you? Well, you know, synchronicity is, um, you know, according to to Jung, who was the the first to coin the the term, um, where there are events that are a causally connected, right. And that it's not something that I would uh, predetermine and create this, um, i.e. I call my friend on the telephone and all of a sudden they call me back. Oh, well, my gosh, I can't believe you called me back. Well, I started that. I there was a cause and effect to that. Mm -hmm. There was a cause of making the call. They called me mm -hmm. back. Mm -hmm. um, and that's you, not necessarily synch – that's not synchronicity. That's not, yes. no. No, however, um, I could be thinking about a friend. And just as I'm thinking about this person, I look down at my phone and it's that person calling. Mm. I didn't cause them to call me back, call mm. me. Mm. Uh, it was just out of the blue. So synchronicity is an a causal event, nothing that you have, uh, have predetermined or created. 
Um, it can come to you in various signs or symbols. Um, some people talk about a dream that they might have or a premonition or some sign of, um, you know, a vision. Mm-hmm. And then that, that, that can come to fruition. It also, um, it may be, but not always life changing. Oftentimes in talking with folks, they're at a crossroads mm. and people talk about when they're most vulnerable or when they're most open to this, then these messages and these signs and symbols come to them. And finally, they might have a bit of a numinous or a spiritual mythical feel to that. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, you know, from a spiritual standpoint, um, you have that, you might have that feeling. So, and I just started to account all these events that occurred to me and how did I get to where I am now um, from this interconnection. And that's a bit, you pointed that out earlier, Robin, but mm. um, uh, Jung talks about the collective unconscious, but this interconnection that we, everything is connected somehow. Mm. Um, and when you kind of understand that your actions or what you do, how that might connect to other people or things but feeling that, you know, from that area of understanding the interconnectedness um, kind of helps to bring synchronicity into a, into a more manageable or uh, tangible kind mm-hmm. of view. Mm-hmm. So I think it was through my research with my family and this Cheney Mills and these, all these events that started happening that I really wanted to focus in the, get back into the areas of appreciative inquiry that one of my advisors said, well, Tom, what you're really doing is, you know, you're, you're helping others to see the connections. Beautiful. Beautiful. Hence, hence the title of my, my dissertation. And that's just an easier way for folks to digest what that, what that means. Seeing the connections. Wow. So why don't you share with us some of the kind of research you've been doing and, you know, findings and um, sure insights and so on. And I'd love to, you know, for your listeners too, I can actually provide the actual questions that I've been using for my research. Oh, I will post those. You know, I create these show notes, um, which is a summary of the conversation and any links to things that might be of value to people. Oh, perfect. So I will make that happen. I mean, because I've already, I already have a copy, right? And I'm very grateful. I mean, that's another story and I won't <laughs> digress. Um, but if that's the one that you're referring to? Yes. Okay. Yep. So um, I yes. can definitely make that happen. Thank places. you for that generosity. Oh, sure. Great. So what I've done is looked at what uh, really focusing on, yeah, we know the definition of synchronicity and, and of course, the, the different philosophers and scientists that are working in synchronicity. Can you ever really fully explain it? I think that's probably a never ending question. Mm. Um, so I'm really looking at what it means to people and how can someone with a greater awareness of synchronicity in their lives capitalize on that and leverage it for, um, you know, I think for a more fulfilling or more, um, uh, create more meaning, I guess, in, right. in one's life yeah. to create that meaning. Yeah. So I have done, um, a number of one-on-one interviews with folks as well as six different focus groups, both sides, the individual and focus groups using the same questions and looking at what is different from an individual interview and um, compared to group in a collective side. And it's just fascinating because these interviews, I had 
miss probably misappropriated my time, but thinking, okay, each interview will probably be about a half an hour. And I think when we start to get into these these questions and these questions that help to drive synchronistic synchronistic experiences in people's lives or memories, I should say, um, that these conversations end up going, you know, an hour, 45 minutes to two hours. Mm-hmm. And people are just fascinated, like, oh, my gosh, now that you asked this question, I never realized there was a connection there. Mm-hmm. Now I see it. Mm-hmm. So helping to, again, back to the title of seeing the connections. Um, and so from both the focus groups, uh, excuse me, the interviews and the focus groups, I've been able to text, uh, mine some texts of what are the common themes and words that keep arising over and over again. And I can, I can certainly share, share those with you. Um, but I could, um, what I could do is ask, just kind of go through the questions. And, and these are all, these questions are framed in very much of an AI standpoint um, to create um, an understanding or create kind of a, 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 a better vision of what synchronicity is for folks. Um, so starting out with the first question is, remember a time when you experienced synchronicity and or events in your personal life? Are there any that especially stand out for you? Please tell a story. Who was involved and how did they contribute to these events? So we kind of go from a past historical framework of, you know, what is a, a, a synchronistic event or in your life. And then I'm going to kind of move through of how to recognize that and then how might you use that for the future. Second question, was there anything in particular or special about this or these events or circumstances that helped you to connect the events to your current and future actions? What were the outcomes you experienced and were there benefits? Um, And when creating the within the group, the focus group, it is is kind of organized as um, as a mini summit. Mm-hmm. So we do more one-on-one interviews, and then we share out as a table, then share out as a, a larger group. Mm-hmm. Um, the second series of questions is is now kind of starting to we identified um, synchronicity synchronicity events in your life. Now, how did you know that? So, can you recall a couple of times when you have been able to identify meaningful signs or signals, and how did you recognize them? Mm-hmm. From your past success in the recognition of synchronicity, what are a few ways you might enhance mm-hmm. your ability to these meaningful signs and sim- symbols mm. going forward? Mm. How might you leverage these opportunities in your life for a more fulfilling career and work experience? So not only just for the, the again getting back mm. to some of the uh, the um, employee engagement, but your work as well as as your personal life. Right. And everyone says. And tells me that you know there is that in that connection between your professional and your personal life. I love that. Yeah. Finally, we're moving to the future, and mm-hmm. as more of the the um, a little bit of the destiny part. But imagine that it's five years from now, twenty twenty one. How could a greater awareness of synchronicity have played out to help to create the most rewarding and fulfilling personal and professional life for you? Mm. So, you know, taking the identification of, you know, history of thinking about synchronicity and how that occurred in your life, identifying it, how much you recognize and then enhance that, um, and then moving into how much you use that for 
for the future. Yeah. And is that what led you to your 3A concept? Yeah. 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 Good. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, a number of times, I would say five or six times, people kept telling me, me that synchronicity happens in threes, at, at three events that they, they then they start to act on that. Mm-hmm. So um, a couple of folks almost mirrored said the same thing um, and, you know, interviews and in focus groups on different parts of the from <laughs> different sides of the, the United States. Um, but said it happens. Synchronicity happens in threes. And the first is I see it as an acknowledgement. Okay, this is something a little bizarre, not out of the ordinary. Is nothing again back to that mm-hmm. you know, a causal. Nothing I started. Mm-hmm. This just happened to me. So the first time that you experience a synchronistic event, you might acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. The second time of the same connection um, is awareness. So the three A's, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. um, acknowledgement first. Secondly, awareness. Okay, this feels familiar. I'm aware of this is happening again, you know, and I'm going to have to pay attention to this. Mm-hmm. Thirdly, um, is to act upon it. Mm-hmm. And I think it gets to the point, like if you, if not to be trigger happy or so sensitive to, oh, this is a meaningful event, I got to act on it. I think that can be sometimes rash and maybe sometimes bring you down the wrong road, but you really have to allow that to confirm. So the third time, that there's uh, a synchronistic event that, you know, this or the same word or the same book that you've been looking at appears. It's a time to act upon that. Yeah. And, and okay, it's telling me something I need to to follow Mm. through. Mm. So that's, you know, that's like the person or the um, symbols or something out there keeps cropping up. And so it's time, well, I've, I've acknowledged it exists um, and, you know, my story to you was about this notion of abundance, right? Yes. And um, so I shared that with Tom. And um, so I became much more conscious of the term abundance and I started to really live with it and I was beginning to become far more aware and I did some research and all these things kept coming to me about this term abundance. So I started to act on it. I, I got books. I started talking to people. And now I'm kind of integrating into my AI work. So I, I, to me, that's an example of what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. And, I, and I, another thing kind of relative to the abundance side is just when you know that there, you have, there is abundance and that um, scarcity creates fear. Mm-hmm. And abundance um, creates this uh, this feeling mm-hmm. and opportunity that there's, you know, a great big world out there with a lot of everything that people need. I can, you know, and, and it just opens you up. And I think from a, you know, that can help folks to um, be more open and more with their eyes open further for synchronicity to occur. Yeah, I like that you're using the word open because I. Um, that's what it was coming to me as you were describing the process. I'm thinking, well, you have, you know, being open to it. So that, you know, there must be some sort of psychological um, predisposition towards embracing the possibility of synchronicity. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, you know, I think that um, folks from have a, a higher proclivity for intuition. Uh-huh. Um, may recognize that. I'm not saying that no others cannot, but certainly the intuitive side of that feeling um, 
allows people to be more open, I think. Mm. And um, what kept coming up too a couple of times is when people feel, felt most vulnerable. Mm. Say and, more about that. Yeah, I think they said when I'm most vulnerable, when I'm in a, an area in my life where uh, there's a lot of uncertainty and I'm allowing myself to be open, back to the open word, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but feeling vulnerable, not, not I'm going to control this, damn it, I'm going to do what it takes mm-hmm. and I'm going to put my head down and control everything. I think when you can take a step back, um, be vulnerable to what what can happen in a positive way and allow that to happen from mm-hmm. a from a spiritual sense, um, you know, folks say to turn that over and to mm-hmm. um, have faith that that that, that it will um, work out for the best. I think that's that's the key. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to I want to ask you about can are there ways that we can develop this within ourselves and practice it but before i go there i just want to acknowledge you for those beautiful questions you shared with us and i will put those um you know i'll, I'll put the link to the pdf on the um, website um but you know you've just taken us through a beautiful example of this of appreciative appreciatively framed question so going through an inquiry that's appreciatively framed and through the process of the discovery the dream like the possibilities and then the design i mean the destiny how you live into it so thank you for doing that in a very very lovely way um so just coming back now to are there practices i mean if people wanted to develop this capacity within them you know and we're saying that is this an emergent principle of ai and you and i had the discussion earlier that we think that the five foundational principles and the five existing what's what's deemed as emergent principles Mm -hmm. are all interconnected you know Mm -hmm. they all they're dependent on each other and when you begin to live in this way of being, you recognize them all and they all play out um, and you can't kind of dis- make distinctions between them, even though you have to describe them differently, but you live them in the same way. So if we were want, and we say we can develop these capacities or these principles, you know, we can be, we can do more about, um, you know, the positivity principle or more about the simultaneity principle, you know, living with the question and mm-hmm. so on. So what about synchronicity? Have you, have you, move down that path, Tom? Yes. Yeah. And, and you bring up a great point is that I'm, I'm purely building on what's existing. Um, so this emergent synchronicity principle is nothing new that is, um, divorced of any other, uh, any other, the other uh, principles, but is building on, on all of those and taking those. And, um, and I think it's the, it's that creating awareness that there are, um, events in our lives that they're, they create greater meaning and, um, you know, that, that they are interconnected. So that's, that's the great thing. I think some of the areas that people most often came back to me about how to enhance. So mm-hmm. we have the, the signs and symbols in discussion. How do you recognize it when you know it's a synchronistic event? And then how are you going to enhance your abilities? And um, some of the, I can probably three or four right off the top that I can, I can recommend. Um, Folks said time and time again they need quiet. They need to meditate, back to yoga, um, have a quiet space to be open. And I think when you allow and afford your, your, yourself that time and quietness, then you can maybe begin to see the connections. Mm. 
And I think in our, our daily lives are so harried and so busy and we have so many responsibilities that we forget that a time for meditation, a time for quiet. Um, and this can be expressed in many ways in that it could be through prayer, through meditation, through yoga, um, through exercise, um, through a walk in the woods. There are many different ways, and I think I invite people to find that one special way. But um, time and time again, I tell people, or people, sorry, reverse that. People tell me mm-hmm. that it's when they have that quiet time, then mm-hmm. they understand. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is um, the space between is kind of that you know, we have the, the agenda of our lives. And what is what synchronicity, I think, can happen oftentimes between the events and between the space, that quiet space between our events. And one of my um, interviewees had a wonderful, wonderful idea. And I think journaling is huge. So a quiet time and then as well as journaling um, to help you reflect on your on your uh, experiences. But she wanted to write all of the unexpected events that occurred. So I have my agenda of what I'm going to do from, you know, morning, noon and night. But what about are those what are those unforeseen chance experiences that you have throughout the day? And so she wanted to keep wants to keep an account of that. Hmm. That's fascinating. Yeah. So this kind of the space between, Mm -hmm. as I call it, or the, you know, the the unplanned events. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think thoroughly, if I could just, you know, say three um, to um, trust, trust came up over and over and over again. You have a feeling you have to trust that feeling. Mm-hmm. And when you plan things too much, um, you can't always abide by that, that plan. Sometimes you just have to um, turn it over and trust. Mm-hmm. And so when you have a feeling and people talk about synchronicity as, you know, as an experiential or uh, kinesthetic feeling, you get goosebumps or you have, um, you know, the hair stands up on the back of your neck. People say, you know, we hear that all the time, yeah. but to trust that. Yeah. And it's not just a crazy coincidence. There's something there mm. and, um, have trust your intuition mm. and go with it. Don't be rash, but people say, I just need to trust that, that intuition. And, um, there's something there that I need to follow through with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, this can go in so many directions, you know, um, I think this is a lot there. <laughs> there's a lot there. I mean, you know, talking about quantum physics and talking mm-hmm. about, um, you know, chaos and complexity theory. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really does suggest that, well, it's all about this interdependence, this interconnectedness, that everything is um, kind of relational. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and one of the words that came to me as you were describing those three um, – you know, three practices I'll, I'll put in quotation marks. Um, there's something about receiving. And, you know, I think what you're saying there is kind of it's to do with openness and vulnerability and trust about just being willi- willing to suspend any disbelief and just receive. Yeah. Yeah, I think that goes back to that allowing yourself to be vulnerable. Yeah. And, um, and open. Mm. Um. So I think that was, you know, the, uh, the three that that I, I can you know leave the listeners with is really the quiet time, 
um, to take an accounting of these events and, and use them as um, write them down in journaling or just kind of keep log them in the back of your mind as as they can be, you know, an interconnected uh, synchronistic event. And uh, and then and then thoroughly trust that trust your intuition in that there is a visceral feeling that people get and to to go with that. Thank you for that, Tom. Now, just relating that back to your original intention about talking about positive employee engagement. Mm -hmm. um, So do you, are you envisioning any kind of um, application of this in business contexts or, you know, it sounds very like personal transformation here. And of course, you were saying something before that, you know, these two things are interrelated, right? Absolutely. So yeah. I'm just wondering, you know, what con- is it too early or do you have any conclusions here by yeah. way of wrapping up? Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, in so many of the synchronicity stories that people tell are related to work and, mm-hmm. and how they got their job and how they met the right person at the right time. And, you know, had they not taken this train to go to this, you know, to later train as, as opposed to the earlier train, they wouldn't have met this person who then became their future boss and is the greatest job ever. Absolutely, so everything yeah. is connect, you know, everything has that inter the, the, the person mm. and creates the meaning, uh, within the, within the job. Um, you know, we go back to a strength based approach as well as part of AI. And I think from using the synchronicity as a strength and, and as an understanding to, um, create a higher quality, higher, meaningful, purposeful job. I think that, you know, in understanding synchronicity, people, um, talk a lot about it's what's their purpose and i think that in connected and entwined with your career vocation what have you um you know to create meaning for your life and uh, i think that that that's a key aspect mm-hmm. so the workshops that i've done in this focus group it's it's really a focus group slash workshop uh-huh. so i take people through the series of with these worksheets or i call them play sheets um First, to understand synchronicity, then to ask these questions, and then really put some tangible next steps. So you can use, um, folks can use uh, these tools to uh, create a great awareness of synchronicity, mm. both in personal lives and, again, to connect to your, to your um, professional life. Absolutely. So that's the application of your acknowledgement, awareness, and acting on it, right? So yes, yeah, three, the three A concept. <laughs> yeah, putting it all into practice. That's very good. Well, Tom, I want to say thank you so much. This is just really fabulous work, and it, I just feel very honored and privileged that you've shared this with me, and I can't wait to have it published and you know put this around the place so people can be more exposed to the work that you're doing because it's truly innovative and what a beautiful environment and you're so fortunate I think to be and maybe this is all the synchronicity that you're in Champlain in Vermont doing this work with appreciative inquiry like how I look at life is that everything is a is a great synchronistic moment Uh, so I think that's that's it's wonderful and I and I do hope to have this um you know this dissertation uh convert into a book you know, with a real practical approach for folks to um, to use. So that's that is my intention. Well, that's a great intention. When will the dissertation be complete? Oh boy! Or, uh, or presented, whatever the language is. Hoping um, sometime this winter. Very good. To have it completed, and then um, you know, yeah. have it. Uh, 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 um, my advisors give it the okay and move on from there. So yeah. I'm hoping this. I'm planning for this winter. 
Well, what I'll do is when it's published, then I'll come back to these show notes and I'll put a link and so that people can perhaps read it if that's okay. Yeah. So, yeah, and um, through Champlain, we'll definitely keep connected. So I just want to say thank you so, so far for so much. And I appreciate your sharing this with us today. Thank you, Tom. Great. Thank you, Robin, so much. Take care. Talk to you soon. Also, you can be notified of new episodes by email. Links to all these suggestions are available on positivitystrategist.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening. And remember, what you focus on grows. So grow towards your best.